Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. These are complaining about Dylan Brooks everywhere. They're telling him to get out. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Courtney Cronin is in for Canty today at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Had great back and forth today. Want to hear more from you on LeBron and Steph getting together. We're going to get to this in eight minutes. And whether or not this is truly a rivalry and who has had the bigger impact on the current state of the NBA, 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. We're coming to you on ESPN Radio, Series 6 M, Channel 80. Courtney, the Grizzlies earlier today uh, said publicly they have no intention of re-signing Dylan Brooks, quote, under any circumstances. Here is Zach Kleiman, their GM, as to why. There were definitely some self-created distractions, you know, in the series and, and along the way. We're going to take a different approach as it pertains to that next season. You'll see a different approach from this team. There's nothing wrong with, you know, some level of, of trash talking. We, we we want a group that goes out there and competes and is in that together. And that that's part of the NBA, you know, at some level. But there's a line. There's a line there, certainly. And that was, as you pointed out earlier, as direct as you have ever heard an executive talk about getting rid of a player. When the trash talk affects the on-court product, enough is enough. And that, to me, is what the Memphis Grizzlies have told Dylan Brooks and told the rest of the team vicariously through the announcement that they, under no circumstances, are going to re-sign Dylan Brooks this offseason, which points to other players on the team where the -the off-the-court stuff that affected the on-court product became apparent this year. We're obviously talking about John Morant, and I know that this is sending a very big message in his direction without them directly saying it, but what Dylan Brooks did in the postseason shattered any sort of goodwill that he might have built up with this team for them to put up with him for this many years. He's the longest player. He was the longest tenured player on this team at 27 years old. There was a chance that they were going to resign him. There was an offer on the table, Chris, before the season started. And because talks fell through, they never reconvened. And now I think the Grizzlies are thinking everything that played out this way, that those that they didn't end up signing Dylan Brooks to that extension and having to deal with him far longer than they wanted to. I just want to know when the straw, the last straw was up. Like, what was the final one? Because to me, it was well before what happened in game six and this team bouncing its way out of the playoffs in in Lakers territory and not having the chance to go home. To me, it was when Dylan Brooks failed to take any sort of accountability for his actions, leaving everybody else in that locker room to answer for him when he refused to do media availability for three of those losses in this series. I think that the front office, the coaching staff, maybe even some players on that team looked at Dylan Brooks in that moment as that's a pretty weak move 
and that was already going to fracture that was fracturing an already fractured and very unstable culture that this team had within its locker room and at some point Zach Kleiman and the rest of the front office had to step in and say we can't continue going down this path because it's going to blow up everything we've worked for so many times people think that um, when media criticizes a player for not speaking to the media it's because it's our own self-interest it's not it's because that player is, as you pointed out, leaving his teammates to answer for his mistakes. And that is gutless. I think it's gutless on, on many, many fronts. And I think that's a lot of what we saw about Dylan Brooks. And, Courtney, it is the truth. When somebody shows you who they are, believe them. And in this case, the Memphis Grizzlies believe that Dylan Brooks has shown him who he is. And I... I applaud them for this because this was the classic case of someone running their mouth and not being able to any way, in any way with their play, back it up. What will we remember Dylan Brooks most for in this series? For punching LeBron in the groin, basically, and for the talking about LeBron. Nothing else. Nothing about him shooting 31% from the floor. Uh, nothing about him positively on the court. And Dylan Brooks is someone who wants to be Draymond Green, and he's not. Draymond Green does all the things that you have to do to win games. Dylan Brooks doesn't. Now, here's what's really interesting to me. How does John Morant now respond to this moving forward? Because this is now absolutely a message to Morant. This is up to you to take a leadership role in this team and the leadership role in this team because you are the best player. I could see a scenario, Courtney, where if Morant does not grow up this coming year, even though this is going to be the first year of his extension, the the Grizzlies are going to have a major decision to make as to whether or not they want to continue with Morant or if... In that case, they have they have seen enough of who he is. If they can't get out of the second round again next year, and it's first round again next year, and it's anything other than what's happening on the court, yes, you're right. They will have a very tough decision from a financial perspective on their hand because of the 195 million reasons that John Morant should have to fall in line and make sure that his off-the-court stuff, which he admitted to affecting the team at the end of the season, he's aware of how this whole thing looked. Like he's aware of what his role was in creating some of the negative headlines around this team. And then Dylan Brooks piles onto that with his own mess in which was completely self-inflicted and unnecessary. Like if you're John Moran, you're going to be 24 years old this year. I know that that's not very old. I know he's been in the league a long time because of how young he was when he entered it. You got to grow up at some point. And this is the Grizzlies saying the quiet part out loud without saying, John Morant, be careful. Writing's on the wall because you're next if this thing doesn't clear up next year. You have a whole offseason to sit on the what-ifs and thinking about what if I didn't run my mouth and say that no other team in the West like you know, would have gotten in their way or given some credit to some of the other teams? What if all of the incidences that happened during the offseason, whether it was with the 17-year-old from Germantown, Tennessee, who sued him for this altercation that apparently happened at his house, and then the incident with the gun in the strip club in Denver? What if all of those things didn't happen? What if Dylan Brooks doesn't go and 
poke the bear that is LeBron James, and they end up getting embarrassed with a 40-point blowout, a 40-burger on them in Game 6. You have all of those what-ifs to ponder this offseason as you ponder how you're going to make sure that you stay on the straight and narrow so this team that's giving you this five-year, $195 million max extension so you can prove them right that that was the right decision to do it in the first place and that all of this stuff was an anomaly and not going to be the theme for you going forward. Yeah, I'm fascinated to see who they try to bring in to pair with him. They need a veteran. They need someone a lot older I know that Steven Adams is still on the roster. I don't know if he's that guy. Brandon Clark should be back, too. I know that health was also a factor with this team. Definitely. Not make any mistake about that. But you're right. They need somebody to help Ja grow into the face of the league that he was on track to do before he got himself off track this year. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, the NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight as the Knicks host the Heat, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN Radio stations and Sirius XM Channel 80. It'll be a tough series, but that's what you expect as you move forward in the playoffs. Played them a couple times. I think since the trade, they look extremely different. We got a young ball club, not much experience in the postseason, so that gets even harder. They understood that, and they'll be ready for it. Couldn't be more excited to watch Steph and LeBron. I really couldn't. And, and Courtney, I'm going to admit something. It's not easy to get me to stay up for a 10 o'clock game, Eastern time. It's not either, man. I'm so excited about these finals starting at 830 Eastern time. I I agree. And I could not be more pumped up to stay up tonight. Like I might take a nap. I mean, that could happen. That could actually happen. And I I can't wait to watch this. As I know, many, many people uh, feel the same way. This is uh, amazing to me that we get a chance to see LeBron and Steph go head to head again. And yet at the same time, I have been making the argument today, and we're curious as to your take as well at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, that this is not a great rivalry. Because when I think of rivalries, I think of a little bit of animus involved, and I don't see where the animus is involved here. I'm trying to create animus by going back and remembering when Steph... Uh, said last year uh, about LeBron when LeBron said he was kind of hinting at playing with the Warriors that Steph said, eh, I'm good. You know, he, he hinted at that, but uh, and Steph shot it down immediately. But there's not just the fact that it's, whether it's a rivalry or not, but it's the true impact that they've both had on the game. We had Dave McMenamin on, ESPN NBA reporter, and asked him the question about whether or not it was a rivalry. They have both been the poster boy for the NBA evolution. LeBron as the positionalist NBA player and Steph Curry as the face of the three-point shooting barrage that's hit this league. And I think maybe the rivalry is who's had the bigger influence on the game of the NBA. You know, Courtney, it's not often that we have two guys at the same time that you can honestly say change the game, but they did. They did, and they both did it in very different ways. And that's why, if you're looking at this and saying it's not a rivalry, 
I think some people classify rivalry as the true head-to-head matchup where you're going to be guarding me one-on-one in various circumstances and we won't see like LeBron plays a different position than Stephen Curry and to what something else Dave brought up like you might see LeBron block a Curry shot or you know vice versa where Curry's able to like dribble around him and get to to the rack or LeBron shooting from deep like those things have happened and we have kept track of all of those moments it's just not the like it's not equal like they're not like they don't play the same position and frankly the lack of animosity the amount of respect that's been given from both sides I know that the was that on the shop the thing that you brought up because I remember that happened I think that's where LeBron hinted around it yeah and then Curry was asked about it and he said no I'm good I think if he would have I think he was doing himself a service in that moment and not entertaining the idea because that would have opened the floodgates and we would have been thinking about LeBron and Bronny are going to be making their way up north to go to the Golden State Warriors. That's where LeBron's going to finish his career. I frankly was okay with that. I didn't view that as as much of a slight, but it's... It's not a traditional rivalry, but it's a rivalry in its own right because of when we see these two players on respective teams, LeBron with the Cavs the last time around, in the finals, four straight years in the finals facing the same team, the same person, I can't see how that's not a rivalry because you bypassed everyone else to get there to where there is a winner and a loser at the end of the day between two of the great greatest basketball players ever. And Steph is on the winning side of that right now with three rings versus LeBron James. LeBron has one. I view it as that because it carries a mystique to it. It carries this rare air about it that we only care about seeing in the postseason. It's earlier this time around. I don't know if people look at that and say, well, it's not as much of a rivalry because LeBron's 38, nearing the end of his career – despite how dominant he's been this season and becoming the all-time scoring leader. But he's with the Lakers team that had, you know, won in the bubble, all these other circumstances that you can poke holes in, and it's not the same where he doesn't have Kyrie Irving around him. It's not that same nucleus of, of that Cleveland team that beat the Golden State Warriors in 16 that was far different than the makeup of this roster. I just I, I find I find the different arguments about like why people view this as not a rivalry more than why people would be on my side and agreeing with me that it is a rivalry. Do you think that Steph or LeBron has had the bigger impact in the style in in changing the game, so to speak? In changing the game, it's Steph. Like LeBron has Agreed. had a bigger impact in like the dominance factor, and that right. you know we don't talk about is it Steph or MJ is the best player ever to play basketball? Is it LeBron or MJ? That's the conversation. Steph made the NBA the everyman's game because he was the little guy who could, with the incredible story of how he got to where he is right now, a four-time champion from a guy who played at Davidson and was undersized. He revolutionized a three-point shot in this era of basketball. LeBron James did not do that. LeBron's impact on basketball is immeasurable, but it's not to the same degree of Steph in terms of revolutionizing the way that we play and the influx of three-point shooting and how teams have had to scheme against that and try to counteract it. Steph is responsible for that, and it's not even close. This, to me, is not a rivalry. And First of all, you're right about Steph. There's no doubt that he has had a bigger impact on the style of game. I mean, for for Pete's sake, Steph is the reason that analytics are now in basketball uh, when it comes to shooting the three-pointer. But rivalry? I, I, I don't 
you can have respect for one another, but like Bird or Bird and Magic, and I don't want to sound like an old guy, but you know, all those guys, when you think about the great rivalries, they wouldn't spend 25 minutes talking about how great the other guy was. They might say it in a sentence. Hey, yeah, he's a great player. That might be it. You know, I, I don't even look at this as Brady Manning. And so that's why it's, there wasn't even any real animus there either, other than the competitive spirit of both guys, but you can't question that here. I I think I just see it because I don't know that in today's NBA, there really are amazing individual rivalries between players. Maybe there are between teams, but not between players because of how friendly it is. And I get that. You know, all these guys uh, see each other so much in the offseason and part of it, but I just don't I don't see it a ton. The only one I can think of that I covered up close in terms of the hatred element or I don't know, maybe that's such a hard that is such a harsh word. The disdain was disdain. A hair of dislike. Well, I think it was more of a hair of dislike when Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City and went to the Golden State Warriors and that first game back in Oklahoma City yes. when he's facing off with Russ. To me, that was the rivalry. And that was, you know, five, six years ago now in, in, in February of 2017. But that was, when I think about rivalries I've covered in the NBA, that's probably like the closest thing that I can think of, like off the top of mind, a true rivalry. Now I feel like Russ and, and Katie have worked out their differences since then. And, and certainly the city of Oklahoma City, I feel like has moved on since Kevin Durant spurned them, but there has to be that level of some level of slight involved in, in, you know, not full blown hatred because frankly, you don't see that in sports. Competitors recognize other great competitors, but some level of this guy got, or this woman got the best of me and I'm irritated about it and I'm coming for them and vice versa. Like, the splits of championships, like how many times Bird and Magic faced off in the finals, three times, less than LeBron and Steph, and what the stats are, where Magic has two, Bird has one. Larry Bird going for number two was part of what drove him, I would imagine, in the late 80s trying to dethrone his rival. Steph's not standing in the way of anything that LeBron James doesn't already have and vice versa. So I can understand from that respect where people are like, it's just two great players facing off and not a rivalry. 888-ESPN, do you consider this a rivalry? Some of the calls are filling up. Hit the lines right now. We'll get you in at 888-ESPN. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Courtney Cronin, in for Chris Canty. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit progressive.com slash careers. Up next, there's Kenny or Canty. And there's are you Carlin or Carlout? Rookie quarterback edition. Next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Just quickly, Courtney, I just saw a story of a woman who received a ticket after she ran over herself with her own car. She got out of her, she was issued a ticket. She was driving an unregistered vehicle, a 2014 Lincoln, this week, 61 years old. She got out of the car, forgot to put it in park. And so she got in front of the car, tried to stop it, and got run over by the car. Serious injuries. They gave her a ticket for an unregistered vehicle. Do we need to do that? The literal adding insult to injury, right? It there. really like, is. By the way, here's a ticket. I, that's on that. I mean, come on. Can a police officer give you a break in that spot? That's all I'm saying. It's. I don't think that's out of. I think that's out of line. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, AC in Canada is next on ESPN Radio. AC, what's up? Good afternoon. Thank you very much for taking my call. What's going on, dude? Absolutely. I'm doing fantastic, man. Thank you so much for taking my call. You know, uh, Steph Curry and LeBron James, it's definitely a rivalry, but it's not a consistent rivalry. I believe the last time they faced each other was back in 2018 finals, and then, of course, injuries piled up. It just Can you imagine from 2019 to 2023, this team, they just bounced back like all of a sudden. Now they're facing each other. Have you imagined, like, let's say last year, did you ever think about they're going to face each other again this time of the year. Because it's a great rivalry. And even though Steph Curry has the edge in terms of uh, when it comes to the rivalry, but let's, let's assume the 2015 team that LeBron had, let's say Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love wasn't injured. And let's assume the Golden State never had 
KD in their roster in 2017. Would that be an even series between KD? It would be. I wouldn't say even. I would say more even because they had already won a championship without him. And thanks for the call. Um, I, I would say it would be more even. But the problem for me with those matchups uh, were or was that it was so clear that the Warriors were that much better of a team than LeBron and the Cavaliers because LeBron didn't have anybody else on that same level. Yeah, and that's, I think, the differentiating factor here about like what this is tonight, like how this Lakers core around LeBron James looks compared to the last time everybody faced off each other with each other, Golden State and the Lakers, and, and LeBron, because by and large, that group, that nucleus is still together. The common... You know, the common factor here, the common denominator, Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Of course, during three of those finals, they had Kevin Durant in the mix. After two of the finals, they had Kevin Durant in the mix after they went and got him during the 2016 offseason. But I I don't know, because he doesn't ha- like Kyrie Irving was such a difference maker the year that they won it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he had, I mean, he has the running mate in Anthony Davis, that's, I mean, who's been an absolute, like, just mauler on the defensive end. And I do love what Darvin Ham has done, kind of like leaning into some of these bigger lineups. But it's, it's a completely di- differently constructed team around LeBron James now versus what it was around Cleveland. And when he had to single-handedly carry this team back in the playoffs, in the finals, down 3-1 to win it. That's a different undertaking than what Steph had around him, and that's what I think some people will argue about how it, it feels like they were playing on different mm. playing fields then. I'll leave it at that. Courtney Cronin in for Canty today. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. It is time for Carlin or Carla. With all the stories in the world of sports. And there's so much more to go. It's time to find out if Carlin is in or out. Are you in or are you out? This is Carlin or Carl out on Canty and Carlin. So let's find out. Let us turn it over to Shannon Penn, who will host Carlin or Carl out. Shannon. So because I'm such a great teammate and leader, and I want to include everybody on this because I'm essentially the LeBron James of this production room right now. <laughs> I'm tag team, my guy, Eric. To it's load management. Carlin. Car- you don't have to tell all my secrets. <laughs> I'm a tag team Eric to do it today. All right, Eric. Because right. I, make the, go. I make the right basketball play, much like LeBron James. I'm there you to go. High Austin IQ. Austin Reeves in the corner. Very high Eric. basketball IQ. All right. Go. Let's start with this is going to be the rookie quarterback edition. So we just had the NFL draft. Obviously, Chris, you were out there hosting in Kansas City on our ESPN radio coverage. First overall pick was Bryce Young. He's currently at plus 400 to win, win rookie of the year. Bijan Robinson is the favorite at plus 350. So, Chris Carlin. Bryce Young will be Rookie of the Year. Are you Carl in or Carl out? Oh, I'm Carl out. I am uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year. I absolutely believe will be B. John Robinson. I definitely believe it will be him. Uh, I think that I'd be surprised if Bryce Young didn't play well, uh, but I do. I, I would run with B. John right now because it's easier to have an impact uh, as a running back that quickly, Courtney. It is, and I can understand why you think that, considering what the tech, what the um, Atlanta Falcons had last year with the running back that they drafted. I believe he was in the fourth round and still a match yeah. over Tyler Algier had a thousand yards. Yeah, so very clearly, it's an offense that 
utilize as its backfield. And since we don't know how Desmond Ritter, the projected starter, is going to look in that offense, I would think that Bijan Robinson, much like Brees Hall, who was on track to win that award had he not gotten hurt, probably is the favorite over any of the quarterbacks taken. Next. All right. On this show yesterday, our own Chris Canty said he thinks that the Houston Texans can go from worst to first. Joe and Amber, who followed us, uh, Joe Fortenbaugh, he disagreed pretty vehemently. But C.J. Stroud can take the Texans from first to worst in the AFC South. Texans currently have the longest odds to win the AFC South at plus 900. Courtney, the other CC on the show, are you Carl in or are you Carl out? I'm Carl out on this one. I do not believe that they will be that much better this year. To me, the Will Anderson pick was for the future on top of the C.J. Stroud pick. Like You'd be dumb not to take a quarterback. Apparently, the Houston Texans aren't dumb anymore. I... I look at this roster, they are a lot of pieces away. That doesn't mean they didn't do a great job in the draft, but it's going to take two of these at least for them to be contending in the AFC South. To me, that title goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars once again. Yeah, I'm Carl out, and I would say that uh, they're going to be better, but I'm going to cede my time here to Joe Fortenbaugh because I haven't heard him taking a shot at Chris Canty, and I want to know what it sounds like. This is from last night's show. There got, we go. Yeah, there we go with the first take audition. Yeah, that's exactly what that go. is. I mean, that is a bold prediction. Uh, There's for, no radio show team. on earth that I would have expected to come out and say it outside of them. That that There we go. The worst to first. That Texans team stinks. That roster, they've added talent, but they still stink. Uh, I mean, even if it pans out. I feel dirty just listening to that and playing that commentary on our show. Well, now I can't wait for Canty to get back because I think that's going to be big problems for Joe Fortenbaugh. You are creating a rivalry between Fortenbaugh and Canty. I think Joe Fortenbaugh did that without my help. (laughs) Next. All right, let's go to the Indianapolis Colts for for uh, first round pick. Excuse me, Anthony Richardson. Obviously, uh, Gardner Minshew also on the roster in Indianapolis. But Anthony Richardson will have over six hundred rushing yards in his rookie season. Carlin, are you Carlin or Carl out? Uh, Carl out. I think he'll have somewhere between four and five hundred because I'm not convinced Courtney's going to start enough games to get over six hundred yards rushing. Yeah, I don't know what Jim Irsay was thinking when he said that he will absolutely start this year. I think that that's probably up to the head coach in the front office to try to figure out if he's capable of doing that. I know that they like this pick because of the Jalen Hurts comparison there and what we know about him from Florida is that he's, he had a low completion percentage. Can he make up some of it with his rushing ability? He did run for over 600 yards last year, but that was also in 12 games. I don't think he's going to be playing 12 games of a 17-game schedule in Indianapolis this year, so I will carl out myself on that one. Just another wonderful edition of Carlin or Carl Out, which is just another silly way to do the same thing that we always do. It's Katie and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We had a discussion off the air earlier today that we're going to bring to the air, and we want you to be involved. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Who's the worst? You're going to find out next. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. We wanted to do this last week, but then like stories were breaking left and right on the show. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Courtney is in for Canty today. And, you know, leading up to the draft, admittedly, as I was preparing for it, I just got mock drafted out. And I just did, I, I kind of just was like, I just want to start drafting stupid things because that will be much more entertaining to me uh, after having read all of those mock drafts a hundred times. And so, all right, what are things that we can draft? And you and I started spitballing right away with Shannon Penn, our producer, and we got to the worst people when you're ordering food at a restaurant. And I got there because, well, you'll find out why in a minute. So Courtney and I decided that we are going to draft who are the worst people when you order food in a restaurant. And I'm not talking about sit-down, talking about, you know, Fast uh, fast food kind of situation. Yeah, counter service. So hit the music. Let's go. Courtney, by virtue of a coin toss, has won the number one pick. Number one. Go, Courtney. The person who gets up to the front of the line and doesn't know what they want. They hold it up for everybody else. They've had minutes, maybe even hours, to decide what they were going to do when they got to this moment, and then they fumble the football. Wow. And they're looking up at the board like, uh, so it's the, it's the let me get a guy. I feel attacked. It is, because, and I'll tell you, when I'm like in line for a drive-thru and someone's taking extra long, my foot pushes the brake a little harder because you know what would happen if I didn't do that? I'd get out of the car and go tell that person, 
hurry up. You have a line of people that you are uh, keeping waiting. So sorry, Shannon. Next time you start seeing this angry woman uh-huh. coming up the side of your car, you know who it is. Uh, let me get a... Uh, <laughs> let me get a... Uh, <laughs> wow. I didn't know that that would be the number one pick, but there we are. Number two. This is an easy one for me because I nearly had an incident last week. This is the guy who is ordering for five people and is bringing it all back. Courtney, there at the seaport is a great little place that is uh, a burrito place called Luchadoras. I have been many a time. Yes. I went across the street. Normally, the line's ridiculous. Uh, There was no line this particular day. I'm like, all right. Let's go. I get there. There's a guy ordering six burritos and tacos for people. That guy is lucky he walked out of there. I'm sorry. If you are walking in, there needs to be a limit on the amount of people that are hanging back at work that you can order from. I'm not. See, if I'm doing that, I'm not ordering for more than two other people. That's it. Absolutely. That guy... That guy's the worst. Number three. Well, can you imagine if by the time you got up there, they didn't have food that was available for you because this person spent six orders like trying to get all of the tomatillo sauce and there's none left for Chris Carlin? Mm. That's, that's my number three. The person who orders the last item available and then you go to order it. And it's not there. This happened to me at a Chick-fil-A recently. I wanted something healthy. This specific Chick-fil-A did not have the egg white breakfast sandwich. Woman in front of me tells me, hey, the yogurt parfaits are pretty good and they're low calorie. Okay. I go and order it. Lady behind the counter. Sorry, we just sold out of those. Oh. Who was it? The woman who ordered in front of me taking the last parfait. Wow. Wow. That's rough. I had an incident at the drive-thru where I was not welcomed back to that particular Burger King uh, when they had a deal. They had a two burgers, two fries for two bucks deal, and they ran out of burgers, and I was screaming at the box. You call yourselves the Burger King. Number four. That, that happened, I promise. Madison, New Jersey, circa 1994. Uh, Courtney, this is an easy one for me. My second pick will absolutely be the person who just ordered, got their entire order, and then realizes they forgot to order something, and they come back and cut right in front of you. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Or it's not, you know, can I get some more ketchup? That's fine. You can come back and you can get your ketchup. But if you forgot something, that's on you, bro, and I'm not paying the price for sitting around and waiting. So don't don't just automatically assume that you can come back and cut in front of everybody else because you already went. You screwed up. That's on you. Number five. Modification king and queen. I understand people have dietary restrictions. I understand there are allergies. I actually very much appreciate it when a restaurant will ask you, are there any allergies we need to be aware of? But when you order a Big Mac without the lettuce, the sauce, the other stuff that's on it, just ask for a freaking cheeseburger, Chris. (laughs) I I saw I had a person in front of me one time who ordered a quarter pounder and they go uh, okay no cheese no pickles but with lettuce with mayo and with an extra bun so what you're saying is you want a Big Mac that's what you're saying you don't want a quarter pounder is there anybody that we left out here Shannon out of our five pick draft of the worst orderers of all time yeah you left out um. You left out, um, I'm looking on the board. Um, <laughs> this is what he does um, when he gets in line. <laughs> this man must be stopped. I'm like, I got if the you go to McDonald's, they have a burger. <laughs> they, they have that. Think about what you want ahead of time, Shannon. 
Not even think about it. Know it. Because chances are you didn't just drive up. Come on. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.